0: This is the show for those who want to live strong in business,
1: life, and family. Welcome to the Warrior Her Podcast.
0: Hello, my name is Talia Guten, and I am super glad to be here. I work as a life and leadership coach um, and, and the founder of a company called Lead Her Project, where the mission is all about helping women really harness their power, lead with radiance, and create conscious relationships with others. So... So I was born and raised right outside of Washington, D.C. in the Maryland suburbs. Um, And I come from one of five children. And And I was the middle. And I'm like classic middle child, not in the sense of I was like neglected and never felt seen and like that kind of situation. But I just learned how to actually get along and connect with like such a variancy with my siblings that I think that that just helped condition me to be able to connect with so many different types of people throughout my life. Um, and I, my siblings are my best friends were incredibly close. And so my, uh, childhood was just really a a beautiful journey, certainly not perfect. And, um, there's no one I love more in the world than my my four siblings and um, my parents. I'm extremely close to and just served as incredible role models uh, to me of what it means to live a life of integrity and um, passion and to follow my heart in in all that I do uh, and to really taught me what it means to be a confident, independent woman who gets to carve out my own path in the world. That's really just a reflection of what I care about. And, you know, I start to trace back all of who I am today and it goes back to my childhood. And the more that I just start talking to my parents about like, oh, that was intentional. And they're like, yeah, like we did that on purpose. And that's, you know, I'm starting to just connect the dots and to see why I am the way that I am. And I see so much of that, Um, is from just how I was raised and the values that I was given as a, as a kid and the connections that I created with my family. So that's, that's like childhood and family stuff. And now we're all like scattered around America and different States.
1: So when did you decide then that you wanted to lead women?
0: Yeah, I think that, um, when did I actually decide? I actually decided probably about four years ago and I think I've always been someone who, like I said, just follows my own path. So after everyone, all my friends in college were getting jobs and like working as doctors or teachers and consultants, I went to study yoga and to travel around the world for a year. I was in Southeast Asia mostly um and really in my early 20s began this deep journey of like self discovery where i was just like who am i who am i who am i and through that inner journey at some point i became i began to externalize it and it became really clear to me in my mid 20s um that i had this calling and i didn't really understand exactly what it was going to look like but i had a calling to serve women and to help women just really learn build self-awareness and become the the leaders of their own life so I'd say about yeah uh, four four and a half years ago is really when that calling uh, began
1: now I was listening to uh, the radio interview that you did yeah and you were talking about the I don't want to say problem but the like situation that happened. In California. So, can you just tell people a little bit about that? Because I thought it was really um, interesting into just knowing who you are a little bit more. Sure.
0: So, yeah, I would say that that's probably, if not the one of the most significant uh, stories of my life that has really shaped who I am. And I was got into a situation. used to model a little bit in my late teens and early 20s and was like a very classic like young naive model gets lured to los angeles by an agent who is like i'm going to help your career and i'm going to show you and introduce you to all these people and um it was he was in, he was 13 years older than me um and i went out there thinking that i what we would be doing one thing. And then I really quickly realized that he wasn't actually interested in helping my career and was interested in taking right, advantage of one, my like naive nature, right. I was um so young and um, I say that I was sexually taken advantage of by him. And I just like, speak about this story especially now in a way where I at the end of the day allowed it to happen because I never spoke up and said no stop not once did I say that I didn't say yes let's keep going but it was very like uh passive I showed up very passively um and so what really happened was um it was very traumatic for me. And I quickly sort of like had this like breaking point. And I remember being on his like corduroy couch when he was out. And I was only there for a couple of days. And I was like sitting on the couch and just like this like overwhelming emotion just started to pour through me. And I just started like wailing. And I was just like, what have I done? Like, where am I? Who am I? What's happening? And I sort of just like, my emotions just caught up to me um, and I ended up calling like one of my best friends on the phone who lived in Los Angeles and she ended up getting me. And what I realized that over the this following months is when I began this really uh, powerful journey of, of healing um, and how I, and it's so easy to talk about it in hindsight and what I learned and how I grew. Um, and though this, experience was absolutely devastating at the time, like truly traumatic, truly devastating. I now look back as it being this incredible gift that served as this impetus for me to start to begin this path of self-discovery because I was like, I need to learn who I am. I need to learn how to use my voice to stand up for myself. I need to learn my boundaries to know when to say yes and when to say no. So that never again do I feel like I am so powerless that I can't speak up for myself, that I can't stand up for myself. And so that really, yeah.
1: Isn't it fascinating when things like terrible things happen that you, you know, I feel like you have two choices, right? You can say my life is over or you can do what you did and decide that it was like a blessing for that because it really is all about perspective too. And it's not a hundred percent obviously that you would be where you are now doing the things you're doing. But if you can recall and look at that as a pivotal moment in your life, there has to be some type of, you know, people can call it divine intervention or people can call it God or you know, this, the universe or whatever you believe. But I do think that bad things really shape who you are if you let them. Mm-hmm. And so this was, this happened in what year? I'm trying to get like a timeline. So you said like around four years ago, you decided working with women. Was this yeah. prior to?
0: Yep. So this was exactly a decade ago, like a little. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I just turned 30 less than a month ago and it was when i was uh 20 so i um yeah so 2010
1: so during those few years what did that look like between that time when you were healing and kind of figuring yourself out and traveling how did you then decide that you wanted to have your own business mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think that for me, the starting point was never, I'm going to get a, I'm going to create a business. I'm going to make money. I'm going to write, like do something with this. It was always this, my starting point was always, who am I? Who am I? What's the truest version of myself? How can I come home? Like that was always my start point. Um, and so there was a period of like f- five years of my life, including my last two years at, uh, in college, where I just literally did whatever, like I was so self-prioritizing that I um, almost to a fault, like sometimes it was a little too much, but I just was like, what do I wanna do? Like, what books do I wanna read? What friends do I wanna hang out with? How do I wanna spend my time? Um, What do I wanna do after college? What's, What's important to me? And so I just like asked myself that question, Constantly, I also attended a ton of uh, like transformational workshops, different certifications programs. I took my first coaching courses when I was twenty two years old. I started doing leadership development work starting at twenty three I was like doing Tony Robbins when I was twenty five right like I was just obsessed with learning for the sake of my own growth. I guzzled inhaled every book that I could possibly read that could just help me uh, learn about who I was and learn about the world and learn about the human condition. And so organically through that journey, I got to a point where I was like, I need to share this with women. I need to share this with other people because it, it, when the calling used to be so internal at that point, it was just this like very intense urge to serve others Um, yeah, so that's, that's really, of course, like the way it looked was never that simple, right? Like I quit my job. I was like working at a startup and I like quit my job really suddenly and sort of just like catapulted myself into the unknown and started taking more coaching courses and little by little started to work with, um, clients and just over the last four years have, have just developed my business as it is today, which continues to just evolve.
1: And would you say though, that, that what happened to you in California and that, that period of time served as a catalyst for you to go inward?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. It
1: was the catalyst,
0: right? I was always a naturally curious person. Like I studied English and philosophy in undergrad. And like, always, I've am always, i always been okay with uh, choosing my own path versus being really influenced by other people. And I think that that experience was 100% the catalyst that had me go inward, right? That had me, and I fully agree with you that the bad or the harmful or like the painful experiences of our life, and I, I don't even label them as bad. It's just like, It was painful like that experience was deeply painful and yes i believe that it was only through that experience that i could learn the lesson that i needed to learn and that i could be shaped into the woman that i am today because that happened to me and we can be victims of our stories or we can take responsibility for them and turn them into fuel for our purpose Um, and so I think that when I look back on my life and I think of any time when I felt deeply challenged or, or was in pain, and certainly there's many examples, I look back at those experiences with gratitude, um, because I wouldn't be who I am without getting to the other side of those experiences.
1: So as we move on, we're going to go into segment two, And we're gonna talk about the creation of the leader project, lead her project. Her. So, yeah, <laughs> I always do it too, you know, with <laughs> with my podcast yeah. because I really want to to like show the warrior her. Yeah, like, obviously, it's there for a reason. But then sometimes I feel like it's such a mouthful that I'm like warrior. Just say <laughs> warrior, like <laughs> silent eight. <age>. So, yep. <laughs> so tell me about. Yep what the lead her project is
0: yeah so the lead her project the way it really shows up is it's so let's rewind for a second its mission is to help women become the lead hers the leaders of their own life and what does that really mean it's about getting to know who you are taking responsibility for that person, and then choosing how you want to live your life in accordance with your values, in accordance with your goals, your own dreams. And so it's really about helping women um, harness their power, lead with radiance in the world, and from that also create conscious relationships. So that's sort of like the high level, like what is it about? What's the why behind it? And what do I actually do is I do a lot of one-on-one work with women. Uh, I do group programs. I just launched this program called create conscious love that lasts. Um, it's all about how to create conscious relationships, which I believe that's so much about the nature of the feminine. I speak a lot about the feminine, the mature or integrated feminine in my work versus the immature or divided feminine. Um, and so as women, most of us will have a predominant feminine essence. And, um, part of the nature of the feminine is to seek connection, is to seek intimacy. And I think that one of the things I witness in the world is that many women are very out of alignment with that inherent desire of the feminine, right? We have women that are like seeking to be these like girl bosses and they're so excessively independent that they actually close themselves off to intimacy and they use their independence as this shield to block human connection. And so a lot of what I do with uh, Lead Her Project is helping women both become deeply independent and expressed in who they are in a healthy way, and also learn how to open themselves up to love and intimacy so that they feel really at home in themselves. And so that they feel just deeply, yeah. So that's the essence.
1: Um, you must have worked with plenty of Courtney then, because that sounds like me to a Yeah, think. like a hyper-independent. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, I've gotten that I mean, I've married and been married for a, a long yeah. time. It's so sad. <laughs> uh, but it was a long journey to figure that mm-hmm. out. That, like, how to be independent in your relationship still, yes. right? And coexist. Uh, but why why would somebody choose to come and work with you versus maybe going to a like a psychologist yeah. or a therapist? Yeah. I think I take a very
0: and it's like I love therapy. I think therapy is incredible. Therapy has gotten me through very challenging times. Um I respect therapy a ton. And I I think that I take a I have a lot of my training is in therapeutic practices and I take a very like holistic, integrated approach to healing and transformation. And that I like basically how I've spent the last decade of my life is like, okay, I'm going to do take this thing. That's really valuable. And I'm going to try this like therapeutic approach. And I'm going to take this coaching approach and this leadership approach and this Tony Robbins approach. And I've just like created through learning so much. I like, um, so I think that, my approach is about healing and about healing the wounds from the past. And it's equally about, and who's the person, who's the woman that you're becoming, right? How can you start to live deeply in alignment with your own values and walk the path of your purpose in the world and not just linger on the past. So it's, it's very balanced in that sense.
1: And what inspires you?
0: I love that question. Um, I'm like, Deeply inspired by human potential. I'm deeply inspired by nature. I'm deeply inspired by um, books and understanding like human, the human condition and what we're all doing here and um, truth. It's just like, what is truth? Um, I'm deeply inspired by. Writing and self-expression, taking how like what am I feeling internally, and how can I manifest that externally so that it feels like um, there's congruency between who I am on the inside and how I show up on the outside. And deeply inspired by growth, so many things, everything. I'm I'm a like a very inspired human. I just feel like there's always like beauty really inspires me. Um, and not beauty in the sense of like a lot of makeup or pretty clothes, like beauty in the sense of like a tenderness between like a mother and her chat, her baby or beauty in the sense of like, um, a sunset or beauty in the sense of, right, just these ways in which, um, like intimacy with others, with life. Yeah.
1: Do you think it's easy for you now to be more intimate with people, do you set boundaries with who you're intimate with? And for people who are listening, I'm not referring to sex. Okay. This is a, <laughs> maybe confused. Okay. I'm talking about just truly being yourself and having very like vulnerable conversations with people or, you know, speaking your truth. Do you feel like that's something that you can do with anyone?
0: Yeah, I, I feel that, I mean, do I, am I intimate with everyone? No, not at all. Do I feel that I can speak my truth with just about anyone? Yes. It's just like, I think that there's different levels of intimacy. So I have done a ton of work on feeling super comfortable with using my voice and using my voice as an extension of my truth and what really feels, uh, an extension of my own beliefs and opinions and preferences. And I have no trouble speaking authentically with others. Um, and that, like, I don't shield and sort of filter what I say. I just say what I feel, like 95% of the time. Um, I certainly choose to open myself up to being deeply intimate with uh, a select amount of people, right? My family, my husband, my close friends, my mentors. Um, And I think that that's an, an appropriate thing of just like so much about intimacy is who do I feel safe to be intimate with, right? Where is there a sense of deep trust and a strong foundation so that I actually feel like I can safely express the tenderness and the like be vulnerable um, and I love I think Brene Brown says this. It's just like, um, not everyone is worthy of your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also layers because like when I'm leading my students or if I'm leading different programs or workshops, I still think some amount of vulnerability is appropriate to just model that. And I think that I'm certainly not gonna get vulnerable about like um certain things, right? Like stuff with my husband, right? Like just there's some things that are just appropriate to filter. And I think that it just depends on like, what's the context, who's the person and all that kind of stuff.
1: And how does, how does, or does this play a role at all in how you decide on who like qualified yeah. coaching students are? For, for like, how do I decide who to work with? Yeah. Does it, you know, um, maybe you had somebody come to you who's maybe they're like have no boundaries or, um, you know, does that interfere at all with how you move forward with them as a client?
0: Yeah. I would say that 85% of the women that I work with have very porous boundaries. And so it's a very, very common thing that I work with almost like the majority of my clients on learning how to create more healthy integrated boundaries. Um, so that's certainly not like a reason I wouldn't work with someone. I, what my boundaries are is one, like, is there a sense, is there a resonance that I have with this person? Like, right. It's like almost like you're dating, right. You don't want to just date, um, I guess it's not quite the same thing, but it's like, I want to make sure there's a, like our energies just vibe well together. Right. Cause I have a specific style and I think that not everyone is going to get down with that. So if, right, if I don't feel like there's a good, like it's a good match and that's the boundary for me. And it's like, sometimes it really is appropriate for someone to do deep psychiatry work or deep therapy work. So I always will check in with myself and say, like, does it actually feel like I can serve this, this woman, this person? Um, and if the answer is no to that, then I will communicate that. Um, it was just a last week, someone reached out to me about coaching and I was just getting this internal, uh, feeling of like, this is not a good fit. And I acted on it and I communicated that to her. And I was like, I really do think that like working with a psychiatrist is going to be a better healing option for you. So I just communicate that.
1: And you also do workshops. So you do one-on-one coaching and then you also do these like in-person workshops. What happens during these workshops? Can you just give like the listeners just an idea of kind of how they, what they would expect if they were to attend?
0: Yeah, in workshops that I've done in the past, right, it it, it just depends, right? So if it's like a, a shorter, like evening or day long workshop, uh, that could be focusing on like I did one with my husband last year, and we did a, like a conscious relationships workshop, right, learning how to build, improve your communication and uh, strengthen intimacy with your partner. So it was a day long workshop where we worked with like 10 different couples, Um, and it was all focused on communication and intimacy. So that was one thing that I've done. I did a workshop, um, recently and we focused on values and boundaries, right? How to really get in touch with your values. And that's like, what do you, what is your life about? Like, what are the pillars on which you stand? What has meaning for you? So getting in touch with what your values are. So there's sort of like these deep dives into, uh, different content, and, um, me and my little sister are actually planning a workshop retreat. That's going to be multiple days this summer. And it will, so she's also a coach and, um, a holistic nutritionist and does a lot of work with women around body and food empowerment, intuitive eating. And so her and I are planning a workshop called In- Intuition intuition bootcamp. Um, and it's all going to, it's going to be a four day workshop. It's just like really learning how to get in touch with your intuition and how to be so in tune with it that you can live your life from that place. Cause intuition will always guide us in the direction of our dreams and integrity and alignment. So that's another example of what we're doing.
1: You talk about that in your blog, you talk about self-trust. So mm. I went and read through your blog some of your blog posts too and you you post a lot of quotes yeah. why do you use quotes so
0: much and i'm like what am i inspired by words like i'm obsessed with the written word i'm obsessed with language so write it like i'm a writer I, i'm a voracious reader and like words inspire me so much because I think that they can get to the heart of the human experience in a way that sometimes for other people that's painting or some type of other artistic medium. And for me, my chosen artistic medium that allows me to connect to the heart of the human experience is writing. And so I love um, just reading different people's quotes and coming up with my own. And I just think it they're very, um, take what we're all experiencing. They allow us to take that, which is invisible and create a concrete visible form so that we can look at it and feel it and touch it and, um, connect to it.
1: And the reason I asked too, is because I always try to find something about someone that I connect yeah. to. I really like to write. I definitely know that I'm not, um, I'm not, as far as like the form of my writing for sure is not great, but I love writing and I love, 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 love quotes Mm -hmm. so much. I think that you, you touched on everything that what they do, but the one that you talked about on self-trust, I'm just going to read it because it just really hit me. So you guys need to read her blog on self-trust, the key to living a life by your own design. And it's a Mahatma Gandhi quote. It says, if I have the belief that I can do it, I shall surely acquire the capacity to do it, even if I may not have it at the beginning. And I don't know if that was just the perfect timing for me of changes in life. And, you know, a lot of times as women, especially, we, we get stuck on the unknown, right? It's like, oh, that's kind of scary. I'll just leave that. You know, I don't want to do it. And it's just such a short summary to say, You can do it even if it hurts to start is my interpretation of that. So I love that. (laughs) I love that. I did want to talk to you about the quotes. Uh, And then what do you do to keep yourself emotionally or spiritually healthy?
0: Mm. I think that. It's a daily practice and things that I do on a daily basis are I meditate, I journal, I have a gratitude practice, Um, I exercise regularly. So for me, running is like a really a way that I can like release emotional buildup. Um, And it feels like a very meditative practice for me most of the time, particularly if I'm running outside. And, and then other things, I mean, reading, like reading is my doorway into like spirituality and consciousness. And, um, and then I do like very regular immersive workshops. So I probably go to some type of like three or four day event every couple of months. And that is always like this really big dose of inspiration for like, em- like emotionally and, creatively and spiritually. Um, I've also like I, I pray sometimes and I think that that's a way that, right, I can access divinity, creator, consciousness, all those different words for it. So those are some things that help me.
1: Have you ever been to any of the um, – I I don't know for sure if this company runs Tony Robbins or not, but we saw we went to see Tony Robbins, and it happened to be that company. But it's called like Success Resources. I haven't heard of them. Success Resources, I think, is what it's called. I'm gonna double check on that. But you were talking about the workshops, yeah. and it made me think of uh, the one that we went to. It's actually called the Millionaire Mind Intensive, and it sounds really silly. <laughs> but it's actually all about money Mm -hmm. and it's rooted around money. And it's a three day workshop that was a huge game changer for me as well. And I found out about it at Tony Robbins. So, you know, like people who've never been to a Tony Robbins, either convention or seminar or workshop um, he was speaking. And then there was other people at his event. It was just a one day event. So, and so they have, other speakers there and there was a guy by the name of Doug Nelson who was like severely burned in a fire mm-hmm. and he talks about his life and it revolves around finances but they go so in depth about the mental component to finances and it's a really it's a really really cool workshop mm-hmm. it was 3 day and uh I recommend it to anybody because it's just awesome. And I'm not getting paid for it. People don't write me asking me if I'm getting endorsements or anything. I just happen to really enjoy. That's awesome. the The seminar it was a lot more mentalistic in nature than I than I anticipated it to be. Mm. Uh, okay. So, what has been the most difficult part of leading other women?
0: Um, What has been the most difficult part? Um, What actually feels true? Let's see. I think, like, I don't know if this is difficult, but it just feels like it is. I think that for me, what I want to, like my goal and my work is 100% contribution being my starting point, right? And never making it about me. And we're like making it about my own significance. So I want to like sincerely always feel like I'm coming from a place of service. And um, that feels like, you know, sometimes ego will just start to show up or like little things like control and different types of ego patterns. So I think that that is something that I will continuously like as being a human with an ego that I just always have to just like keep that in check, um, and be like, am I in service right now? Am I coming from a place of contribution? Am I not, am I making it a hundred percent about them? And I really mean that like a hundred percent. Um, so that's something that I just feels like really an integrity for me. And, um, yeah, I think that there used to be more, um, I don't know, like a lack of confidence in the early days. So like going back four years ago, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just going to try it on anyway. And I think that just putting myself in that experiment and just like in the arena of working with women without having any experience was scary in the early days. And um, we're just working through that and being able to, feel more confident as I got more experience and um, yeah.
1: That's actually a, a good segue into segment three where we're going to cover more of the business yeah. side of what you're doing. And so you were saying that you want to really serve others and that is, it is difficult because you still do have a business, right? So how how do you determine how to price things and to keep it about the, the students you're serving and make it profitable?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the age-old battle, right? As like with like healers or coaches or people in service. Um, and I always check in. Like there's, I have a lot of mentors that are like, you're should be charging triple the amount that you do. And I have some mentors that are like charge less. And I think everyone has their own opinion about what's the appropriate thing to be charging. Um, and I think that has to do a lot with our own conditioning and we all have a different relationship with money. Um, and I think that I just do a, a self check-in and I'm like, well, what actually feels appropriate what feels like it's in alignment with the work that i'm offering and also feels like an appropriate investment for my the women i work with to be paying and so i've worked with women as young as 18 years old and i i have a particular though i work i have a woman that i'm working with now who's one of my favorite clients ever and she's 62. um and so that feels anyway the point is is like My passion at the end of the day is working with like 18 to 22 year olds and they don't happen to have pockets full of, of money. Um, and so I just figure out what's an appropriate amount that makes this work accessible to the people that I wish to serve most. And sometimes that means changing up my prices, depending on this, the context and, you know, being really flexible around payment plans and just really accommodating because for me, the, I will always be coming from a place of service and from the mission. And that just feels so sincere to say, and it will never be about the business. I, I will not let that trump. And I believe that when I ultimately come from a place of service, that is where the greatest abundance will present itself. Um,
1: and are you, separate from your brand or is it all encompassing together
0: right now it's all encompassing together yeah
1: and was that was that influenced by like a business decision or was it the same as kind of you're just using your intuition to keep it together yeah I'd say it just feels like cohesive to have it all be together
0: um I don't feel like overly attached to the it's like at the end of the day it's not about the brand right it's about this overarching mission and um I think that it just feels like cohesive to have this umbrella title that all these different things fall into um and I think I'm not like a attached to like this is my brand identity and this is all those things so
1: and you also you also do online coaching was that something that was from created at the beginning of of lead her or was that something new that you started to do because of like demand and just being able to reach more people yeah I
0: have always been doing either phone or or video like digital coaching Um, I think that most coaching happens in that context and that's where it's different than therapy and It also just allows for a very flexible schedule. And I was just, I spent six months traveling through Central and South America. And so I was able to maintain my business in like Peru and Colombia and Mexico. And um, with that said, I absolutely love when I get to see my clients in person. Like I was just in New York for a bit and got to see a bunch of my clients there. So when I stabilize in one place, which is going to happen in the fall. I'm like a definitely a very mobile person that bounces around to a lot of different places. Um, I will definitely put effort into seeing clients in person because I just believe that at least having some of that, right? It, it's just a different experience when we get to be in person with someone versus over online. And online is incredibly. Incredible, that like I can see my clients um and work with them so intimately over, over.
1: Yeah, the the reach that you have on online is so much larger yeah. but I definitely agree with in person mm-hmm. you know it's just because of all of also the sense modalities you're able to use you know you're touching people you're able to you know shake their hands and make eye contact with mm-hmm. them and there's different smells that can be associated with, you know, what you're doing. And, and just, it, you're able to make a bigger impact when you're in person, I feel, than only online. And um, it's just, it's fun to, to be able to see people and talk to them and stuff. So yeah. let's talk about what the future for you mm-hmm. looks like. What do you want it to be? What do you think it will be in this space?
0: Yeah. So I am starting graduate school in the fall at at NYU. And I'm going to just keep, oh, I hear like an echo right now. Do you hear that at all? Mm -mm. Uh, Do you still hear it? A little bit. Oh, now it's gone. Okay. So I'm starting graduate school in the fall where I will be at NYU and I'm going to be studying feminine leadership from an interdisciplinary perspective. So through the lens of philosophy and psychology, business, creative writing, all these different angles. And I, I'm just going to continue on on this path that I'm on and, and start to, I feel like a lot of the last couple of years has been like what I do has been more general. And I'm entering a place now where it's getting really, really specific and niche. And so I just want to do a deep dive into this idea of like the integrated, mature, feminine leader um, who's both deeply independent in who she is and open to love and intimacy. So I'm going to start doing like research and a lot of deep uh, studies around that. I have a couple other projects that are really exciting that are in collaboration that are coming up over the next few months with some other people. Um, I will, long-term dreams and goals is writing books, public speaking, going around the world to speak to big groups of women um, on these topics that, that I'm just gonna learn more and more about so yeah, that, I, that's what I would say is like long-term future dreams for me. Um, and then continuing working one-on-one with a ton of women and um, want to do more programs as well and in-person workshops.
1: So to, to add to that just a bit, what does success look like for you, right? Because I think everyone has their own definition of success. And I think that's very important anyway. So what does it look like? Is it you know, is it that the mission is leading the way? Is it monetary? Is it travel? Like what does success look like? Mm -hmm. Kalia?
0: Yeah. Success is impact. Like I want to impact in some capacity as many women as I possibly can on the planet. That will be the like step one of Success. So it's like how women are thinking differently, how women are behaving differently, how women are healing differently, how women are taking responsibility for themselves differently or for their lives. So that would be um, success for me is just like in terms of quantity of women that I can personally impact. Um, And I think that. Success would be uh, like writing books that are well received by others and also influential. I think that success will be like being known as an expert in this industry or in this this field of feminine leadership um, down the line. I think that, and as a byproduct of that, right? I'm not going to pretend it's not real, but financial abundance as well. Um, although that will never be the leader for me at the end of the day, because I do believe that the mission and the impact comes with that, that monetary success naturally. Um, yeah. So that's my success.
1: And what are three tips that you would give to women who are listening about how to trust themselves and go with Kind of their intuition, or where, do, like, how do you do that, or where do you mm-hmm. start? Yeah,
0: it's. I mean, it all starts with building self-awareness, right? That that it is the starting point. So that, right? Because if we're so externally focused, our life is determined by the opinions and judgments and thoughts of other people. Right? So the moment that we start to turn inwards and begin that journey of what are my beliefs what do i stand for what needs healing where what are my goals right like what do i care about and then you start that inner journey that more self focus at least as that starting point getting in touch with your inner voice versus listening to the external voices that are so loud that that is a starting point to following a path of intuition to following a path of alignment um so it's just like step one is what are you doing to actually build self-awareness in your life and that can look like journaling every day and just being like what's present for me this morning and just starting to get in touch with yourself through that practice or right through meditation um, has been an incredible doorway for me through um right one of my things as well has been through studying yoga, but it's like, what, what's the thing that's going to help you build self-awareness? Cause that has to be the starting point going to some event or some growth, personal development workshop that you can start to begin this conversation of who am I? Um, because that is the starting point. Like I, I believe that that is, it has to be the starting point to live a life um, that you desire. And I believe that This is something that I came up with at the end of the day, even though the journey begins with a self-focus, the end of the journey is an other focus in that where where that that journey of self-development and self-exploration will inevitably lead others to is I want to contribute and serve other people. Um, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So time. we
0: start with the self, and we end with the other, and that—that's the end of the road of the the spiritual self-explorative, self-awareness-building journey. Just believe that.
1: And then, where can people find you on social media?
0: Yeah, so I am at Talia Gutin, T A L I A G U T I N, like Nancy. And, um, so they can find me there on Instagram and then my website is just www.taliagooten.com. Um, so those are just the two platforms that I use. I don't really use anything else besides those, those guys. Um, and yeah, I, um, right for any listener, I have this like super awesome program that's coming out right now that I was sharing with you earlier. And that's, it's called create conscious love that lasts and just really learning the building blocks of conscious relationship. And that begins with the relationship that we have with ourselves, right? We can never have a beautiful, intimate, connected relationship with others if we don't first have that relationship with our own selves. Um, So that's really the only work that I'm doing right now is, is on that program. If anyone is interested, then you could check it out.
1: And, that's also, on your and that's also on your website? Yep, that's
0: on my website under Lead Her Project Programs and um, on my Instagram handle, like my little link in my bio. You
1: can check that out too. And I'll include all of this in the yeah. show notes for anyone who is interested also. Thank you so much. This was one of my favorite interviews to awesome. date. Thanks, Courtney. Um, I will send you a teaser clip and then the final edit as we get closer to cool. the release. This one will not be out until probably the first week of May, okay. actually. So, I will... Is that um, for the conscious...
0: Oh, yeah, God. the Create Conscious Love.
1: For the Create Conscious Love, is that like a workshop, or is it just... Like it's an online? ongoing group program, so... It's, yeah. So, it's ongoing. Yeah. Okay, because I just wanted to make sure... because. I'll, like, try to promote it around that event. Or if you have something around that time in addition, just let me know. Because right now, hold on, I'll give you a more definitive release date. I have all my release dates written. (laughs) It should be... Okay, it will be actually May, not May 6th, it would be May 13th, actually, I'm lying, April 29th. April 29th, awesome. April 4th. 29th. April 29th. I will send you that stuff once it gets awesome. closer to Awesome, thanks so much. What's... I'm just- What's thank your you. um, like
0: average listener per per episode
1: that you're working with? Honestly, let me look on here. I'll tell you right now. Oh, wait. I don't know if I can go on Anchor. I can't see it on here. I honestly yeah. don't know.
0: Awesome. Just <laughs> curious. Um, Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me and, and looking forward to uh, it being released and... Love the, the work and mission that you, you do as well.
1: Thank you. I will send I will send you some people who I think could work with you as well. Yeah,
0: I would appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Oh, weird. Okay. I'll talk okay, to you Okay, sounds soon. good. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Warrior Her Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another fun episode. Go like, subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. Until next time, warriors, remember, girls really do run the world.